Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep Block Talk going strong with a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Have you ever wondered how your favorite attractions operate? What made them the fan favorites that we know and love? The history behind the ride that came to be? Well, you're in luck as we are here to share it all in a brand new series called Make Mike Ride. We will be discussing and disseminating some of the best theme park rides the world has to offer. Welcome, foolish mortals, as we are beginning our adventures with the one and only one of the most iconic Disney attractions on Earth, the Haunted Mansion. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts, as I will be your ghost host. And joining me in the Doom Buggy is a bitch who dreams of being Madame Leota. It's Obscura. Hello. <laughs> How are um, you? Do you wish you were um, uh, just a floating head sometimes? Honestly, I feel like life would be so much easier. You know what? Katy Perry, change your lyrics. Do you ever feel like a floating head? Oh, my. I like now I'm like, the gears are turning and I'm like, somebody should do like a Haunted Mansion parody of Firework, but I don't even know how they would there it make is. it work. What, there it is. what would Firework I'll, I'll, be I'll replaced with? Baby, Baby your are a... <laughs> there it is. There it is. Haunted Mansion <laughs> in spell here. All right. Warning. Up front. Now you have your chance. This podcast will be giving secrets and spoilers to the magic of the attraction. You have been warned. If you do not want to know anything, get out now. Do not become one of the um, residents of this mansion. Um, otherwise, we are going to share it all. I'm, I'm ready to spill the secrets because I know a few. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about our history with the ride. Um, obviously, for those who don't know, um, this is going to be a little battle of the East Coast versus West Coast. Um, I mm -hmm. am a very very um big fan of walt disney world i have my family has the dvc membership to the boardwalk so we we go as uh, as much as we can and it, i had just gone this may after a nine year hiatus damn it's a but long time <laughs> it's been 21 years since i've been to disneyland and unfortunately last time i went um haunted mansion was uh closed for renovations for um a holiday overlay which i didn't even get to try it's, it it's actually the first one it ever was it's closed right now for the holiday overlay actually mm -hmm. yeah yeah because i went um the end of august 2020 uh 20 oh yeah first year of holiday mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and so, then when i worked for disney it was only open for two days while I worked there <laughs> and it was the holiday overlay. Damn. I know when I worked there, I didn't get to go to Haunted Mansion once like OG. That sucks. But you've been on the OG before. 
I've been on the OG in many different iterations because the mm-hmm. well, we're gonna bring it up, but the oh, yeah. ride has oh, gone yeah. through many different facelifts. Now I am um a bit older than you are. Um back in the 90s, they would always put out those like promotional videos to try to help you come to the parks, like the planning videos, but they also had like the Disney sing-alongs, and I would watch them all the time. Listen, you're treating me like I'm a child, which I you appreciate. Are. <laughs> but I did have the VHS Disney sing-alongs, and mm-hmm. I one of my fondest memories as a kid is the Haunted Mansion one with all the villains. And I was the opposite. It fucking terrified me as a child. <laughs> I well, first of all, it took place at the um, at the lovely California mansion, the antebellum mm-hmm. style plantation manor. And oh my god, the dancing trees—they were kind of spooky. I will say, the yeah. dancing trees—they were—they were a lot. And there's actually there's a Parisian version, I think, of that video, too. Interesting. Well, I, I really hated the ride, or at least what I thought was the ride, watching those videos, um, mm-hmm. because I was terrified by it. Uh, the other thing that terrified me immensely was Ursula. Um, scared the shit out of me. Like, I would not be able to watch those parts of any of those videos because of the Haunted Mansion and Ursula. What does it say about me now? Yeah. Honestly, people don't really get into, like, the thick of it, but, like, older Disney, before they kind of, I would say before, like, 2000 or even before like 2010 Disney was a much more sinister and like not afraid to be scary kind of Mm -hmm. company and now I would say that they're basically erasing all of that like they made friendly they made Snow White scary adventures like what what is it called like Snow White's Enchanted Kiss or whatever listen that that's a different topic we're not going to get into that because I know there are still people who are upset about that and I was like this this, why are you upset about a ride about a uh, the source material that's been out there for hundreds of years why why you why you get mad at Disney for um True Love's Kiss yeah it's just I mean I I never get mad about overlays because um honestly what really put it into perspective with renovations, overlays, changing rides, all that. It really helped when um, I I went to a talk with uh, Disney Imagineers and I think it was Dave Durham Mm -hmm. who said, Disneyland's not a museum. We're gonna update it. If you have an attraction and you hold on to it for dear life, like keep that in your memories, but Disneyland is going to evolve for the new generation. So that right. every time you come back to the park, it's a little bit better. Because you could be someone like Six Flags, never renovate your rides, and it looks like shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, Six Flags. That I remember when my friends were like, because I used to be so down about like not having a Disney park anywhere near when I was younger. And they were always mm-hmm. like, we can go to Six Flags. And I'm like, Six Flags wishes it could, <laughs> could even come close to a Disney yeah. park. It's true. Like the best thing they they rethemed one of their coasters recently, and it was such a hack job. Like it was so ridiculous. They basically took like this giant Superman emblem and just mm-hmm. painted it brown. They didn't even bother changing the shape of it. It's very clearly a Superman emblem. Yeah. All right. So we're here to talk about the haunted mansion. You are a big, big fan of the haunted mansion. Um, without getting into the details of the ride or anything, what is it about the Haunted Mansion that makes it your 
you're almost basically you're number one. So weird, random, obscure, fun fact: my college essay was about the haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was about. So I guess what drew me to that attraction so much was as a kid, I was so terrified of it and I didn't want to go on it. Like I had multiple opportunities where I could have ridden it as a kid because we went to Disneyland, I think two or three times when I was like very young, Mm -hmm. I never wanted to go on it because it was like, ooh, scary. Like, I, I... I don't know why I was so scared because when you look at the attraction itself, the, the exterior, I would say the Florida exterior is very daunting and very mm-hmm. menacing. The Disneyland exterior is a very pretty house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the gates do have like that daunting kind of appearance with like the classic haunted mansion um, plaque, but there was just something about it. And it was during the holiday overlay lot like, the last time I went, it was like a really small kid. And my dad's like, you love Nightmare Before Christmas. You're going to love this. Except it was something about like, I guess I was still at the age of believing in things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I can't go into a house with real ghosts. That's not for me. Did you believe in Oogie Boogie? <laughs> I, I guess. I don't even know. But it, it took me time to kind of process it. And then I remember I was on the internet. As, as one does in this lovely 21st century. And I uh, saw an article and it was something about like, like it was like 15 fun facts about Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. And mm-hmm. thus began a, a almost since then, which was probably like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, a 10 year hunt for every single bit of information I could find out about that attraction. And there are some wild uh, fan sites for the attraction. Just the attraction yeah. alone. Nothing else That's, Disney. Just the Haunted Mansion. It's pretty crazy how much of a cult following the attraction has. Mm-hmm. But there's so much history. There's so much about it. It's probably the richest history of any Disney attraction. Yeah. And, and we're, we'll discuss it because I mean, this is not going to be historical podcasts. We're not... We're not going to yeah. be making those videos that are going to go through the history and the dynamics. We'll talk about it, but it's more about the experience. Mm-hmm. Make Mike Ride is going to be the, the, talking about the experience and why we like the attraction and how we feel about it. But a lot of the feeling with Disney attractions is all the work that goes into it. I yeah, it's that. It's not only how much work went into this attraction, but it's also detail. just like how the detail, how crazy the process of getting it from like concept art to what it is today Mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. such like it's something that you really don't think about or at least most people i wouldn't say think about when they go to disney they wouldn't think oh this ride has the most convoluted and crazy (laughs) yeah i mean the, the the backstory for it is quite fascinating um but yeah most people who go to disney world are families with kids and their focus is making sure the kids are having fun. They're not looking at all mm-hmm. the small details and being like, okay, what is this? How does this work? I mean, the kids are going to be shocked and, and surprised and like, oh my God, look at this ghost that's sitting in my doom buggy. But they're not actually thinking about how it works. It's when you get older and have yeah. that love and passion for Disney, you're like, okay, how did this happen? 
Yeah, and what's crazy is that Disney is so aware of the cult following. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to not be. Like, of course. they're so aware of it that they've now, most of the recent updates in the past few years have been nods to the history, right. unless so, in addition of something completely new. Let's dive into the basics of the attraction. The Haunted Mansion is a dark ride attraction located at Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, and Tokyo Disneyland. There are similar inspired attractions, including Phantom Manor at Disneyland Paris and Mystic Manor at Hong Kong Disneyland. We will later on discuss the differences of all of them, the similarities of all of them, and why one of them is a whole different beast. The Haunted House-inspired attraction is a ride-through tour in an Omnimover vehicle called a Doom Buggy. Um, And each of these locations is slightly different in design, um, inspired by different elements of the park or or the story that is inside the mansion those are the basics now yeah what's crazy to me is i found this out recently but bob gurr who basically every single vehicle you're at at a disney park he designed he's mm-hmm. gay i didn't know this <laughs> duh who isn't gay I, I, works at I, I, disney there are honestly it's so crazy to me but yeah no it's true all right. Well, let's let's go through a little bit of the history of the Haunted Mansion. The idea of the Haunted Mansion actually preceded Disneyland and WED Enterprises to when Walt Disney hired some of his first Imagineers. Um, did you ever have passion or desire to be an Imagineer? It's almost as if that is not what I'm currently on a path to do. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, I never wanted to be an Imagineer specifically. I wanted to be the VIP tour guide, which I'm sure if I really wanted to now, I could be like, okay, I'm older. I'm cool. You should hire me to do it. It's Um, honestly very easy to be a VIP tour guide at Disney. Like, I hate to say it, but it is like, it's not as hard as you would imagine to get as a job. cool. People like me. Like, all you have to do is, you know, wear the outfit and know a little bit about Disney. And, and you're pretty much good. And take the people where they want to go. Yeah. And and get to skip the line, pretty much. The only Disney employee who on the clock gets to ride attractions. It's so cool. I, there was a last trip. I think it was Rock and Roller Coaster. We were um, in front or behind um, one of the uh, tour guides with the group. Um, and he was very, very kind and, and very, very sweet but it was with a bunch of like teenagers and you could tell that he was like, I'm done with them. Please let me go. I want yeah. to go away from these kids, but I could do it. I had fun. I'm fun. So when Walt Disney proposed the initial idea of the attraction, he wanted it to be like a walkthrough museum of the weird. It was going to pair next to what would be the um, wax museum idea of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. None of it ever came to fruition. So, well, Walt, Walt's favorite city in America, at least one of his favorite cities in America was New Orleans. And he always wanted a New Orleans themed area of the park. And even before Disneyland's, you know, inception, them starting to build it, he knew that he wanted a haunted house attraction. It was on early concept art for the park. Mm -hmm. um, Even before it was called Disneyland. Um, It was kind of crazy that it took so long to get there. But when they were thinking, New Orleans has a lot of rich history. Most of that history has to do with pirates and ghosts. Mm -hmm. So they created two attractions. And 
they were both supposed to be walkthrough attractions because the technology hadn't been there yet um, for these have types you, of rides. They wanted them to be so complex. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to New Orleans? I have been to New Orleans. Such a beautiful city. It's gorgeous. I didn't even feel like I was in America, to be honest. So cool. So some of the original concept was designed by Harper Goff. Um, his sketch featured a crooked street leading away from Main Street with a rundown manor perched high on a hill that towered over Main Street. Through the development of Disneyland, a small transitional land themed after New Orleans was created to sit between Frontierland and Adventureland, and this would be known as New Orleans Square, which also was the first official expansion of Disneyland. As you noted, part of this land would include a haunted house walkthrough um, modeled after Antebellum Manors of New Orleans. Imagineer Ken Cook took Goff's original idea and adjusted the story for the mansion to potentially include a ghostly sea captain who killed his nosy bride and then hanged himself, or a mansion home to an unfortunate family, and a ghostly wedding party with well-known Disney villains and spooks. Interesting ideas to start with. There were so many ideas thrown out on the cutting room floor. It was so crazy, the different iterations, but I would say that they pretty much from the jump knew that they wanted this to be a very complex, detailed attraction where a lot of things were happening, which is why they gravitated towards the walkthroughs because they really Mm -hmm. wanted to tell stories with attractions. Um, And in the way that they wanted to tell these stories, they were these crazy effects that, you know, really played out and took place over time. And they really wanted to go with the captain storyline. That was the one that made it the furthest of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's kind of crazy that they completely ditched it. (laughs) Insane. So the attraction was meant originally to open in 1963, but was only first previewed on a 1965 episode of Walt Disney Wonderful World of Color. The attraction would still not open until 1969, as there were delays due to Disney's involvement and the World uh, World's Fair in New York. Um, obviously, we know that there was a lot mm-hmm. of important attractions that debuted at the World's Fair that came to the parks. Um, yeah. And through those attractions de- was the development of some of the technology that was going to ultimately be incorporated yeah. into the Haunted Mansion. So, yeah, so delays the- are fine. Delays are okay. No, honestly, what was it was very fortunate that the World's Fair came up because the Haunted Mansion would not be the attraction it was. It probably would have been a walkthrough right. if not for the World's Fair because they got back from the World's Fair and they're like, look, we have Omnimover technology. We can make it an Omnimover attraction. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be the walkthrough. So they basically threw out um, the Captain storyline, which they had built most of. They mm-hmm. built this crazy effect that all these older Imagineers talk about, which was like this scene that you sat in and the window, like you sat in like this room and the windows blew open and a sea captain like in his ship flew through the window and started melting in front of you as like his bride flew from the back of the room out of a chimney and screamed. And when they like both hit each other, they disappeared. And it was supposed to be like could the craziest imagine, thing you've ever seen. Could you imagine that with 60s technology now? Like we would be like, what is this? Fancy <laughs> the opera? This is terrible. <laughs> it would like... The way that they described it, though, sounded so good because of the way that they implemented Pepper's ghost into the original effect. And I think it would have been cool to see or at least see an iteration of what that would have been. Mm -hmm. My biggest, like, like, qualm with going in a different direction was they totally ditched this Museum of the Weird idea. Right. 
which was Roly Crump's like magnum opus. It was supposed to be so cool and so like wild. And he had all these weird ideas about things that were supposed to happen at the end of the mansion. It was basically like mm-hmm. you went through the haunted mansion, then you ended with the museum of the weird. And it was, it was so like man eating plants, this man made out of candles that melted in front of you and a gypsy cart that kind of like, flew open with ghosts and stuff. It sounded so, so cool. And uh, I'm sad that nobody ever really got to see those stuff. Like, yes, they implemented some of that into the mansion itself, but it's it's crazy that they took it in such a wildly different direction after the World's Fair. So following the 1965 fair, Ken Anderson had left the project while Mark Davis, X Intensio, and Claude Coates contributed ideas to the project. Imagineers Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie were in charge of creating illusions for the attractions. This was when the technique known as Pepper's Ghost was implemented into the design, but more on that technique in a little bit. Mark Davis and Claude Coates disagreed on what the mood of the ride was going to be, either being frightening or enjoyable. Coates, originally a background artist, wanted a scary adventure while Davis, an animator, proposed a variety of mostly comical characters filled with silly and fun gags. Ultimately, they both kind of got their way uh, when X and Tancio combined their ideas, creating a transition from dark foreboding to the spirited entertainment. I think it was the right blend to do both. I Especially knowing so- what Disney's brand was ultimately going to be one day. Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy to think like I to see to think like the haunted mansion either which way it would be weird, but the combination of the two, I think the way that they have the attractions starting off in a very kind of spooky, mysterious way that's very like in your face, like kind of a little more dark and um like you know, there's like coffins and Mm -hmm. mysterious things happening, and then you get to the pivotal point. The, the seance and mm-hmm. then the ride completely takes a turn um, and starts to get sillier and sillier. So the ride narration will be performed by Paul Fries, who is taking on the role of the ghost host. Um, and obviously the ghost host is heard in your doom buggy the entire time. Um, one thing that has not changed the technology within the doom buggy is because it still sounds like it's coming out of a tin can. I, I just love the acoustics of it yeah. all. I love what it sounds like. I, I I wish that they used more of the Ghost Host dialogue because they have cut it down over the years sure. mm-hmm. so that you could hear more of like the ambient sounds. But um, I do wish that they brought back a bit more of the narration just because I feel like it's it's iconic. Everybody knows it. I mean, they make there's merch themed around a character that you can't even see which is the most iconic thing about the Haunted Mansion merch. <laughs> now, the Haunted Mansion would officially open to all guests in Disneyland on, on August 12, 1969. Walt Disney died prior, and this would be the first major attraction to open without the direct supervision of Walt Disney, which is kind of a big deal. Um, was it August? I think it was August 9th. I could be wrong. The, August 9th was uh, previews. 12th was officially oh. for all guests. Um, the Magic Kingdom version would open in 1971. Tokyo Disneyland version would open in 1983. With 2001 jumping ahead, where Disney started the transition of inviting Jack Skellington and his friends from Nightmare Before Christmas for a little holiday overlay. Now, we'll talk about the overlay a little bit more, I'm sure, but 
why, why does Florida not get it? Are we not cool enough? I'll tell you why Florida doesn't get it. And and this is an interesting thing that I actually... Is it because we're bigger? It, it's kind of. So just to backtrack a little bit, like, yeah, the mansions were built at the same time. The Disney right. mansion and the Florida mansion were built simultaneously because they knew that they needed one at Florida because they're like, this is going to be one of our best attractions. Mm -hmm. So they were building both attractions. Obviously the Florida one was supposed to be bigger because they didn't have the obstacle of the Disneyland railroad, which is the reason why there's the stretching room. Um, But later on down the road, they have the bigger mansion. They have a smaller mansion. Uh, They were originally supposed to build a Tim Burton attraction at Mm -hmm. Disney. And instead of, in lieu of that, they said, let's try an overlay and see if people like it at the Disneyland mansion. There had, there's, there was an overlay for a while. I'm not sure if it still goes on at the Tokyo one, but they've never done it, it for Florida. They've never done it for the Florida one for the simple reason of people go to Florida to go to Disney World. Mm-hmm. They don't want the possibility of people who are going to this place that's a vacation destination missing out on an experience that they want to see so they try not to do overlays at disney world for that very reason because they want guests to have the same kind of experience year-round because meanwhile meanwhile from august to beginning of january there's an overlay of some sort in the entire park like, but that's like a little bit of a less drastic thing, but changing a beloved attraction, a lot of people, you know, they want to see the Haunted Mansion for what it is. Yeah. Disneyland, that's fair. Disneyland, 80% of the guests are local. So they've mm-hmm. seen, been on the Haunted Mansion. They've, they have annual passes. They've, you know, they've seen the Haunted Mansion. They want something new. That's true. All right, let's let's discuss some fun facts. Um, we've given you a little bit of the fun facts, but let's dive deeper into some of them that we haven't shared quite yet. The Haunted Mansion is the only attraction located in four different locations and four different parks. We'll discuss the yeah. four locations later on. Wild, wild, that's how different yeah. they can all be. But it's it's very, it's down to the fact that Disney is in a constant battle of space limitations Mm -hmm. and they've had to twist and turn every single storyline to make it. I mean, Paris is a very unique situation because they had to make it palatable for a European audience. Right. But um, they've, they've made it work in, um, in the ways that they can, where they have space, you know, they, they do stretch a little. I, I will always have such a soft spot for the original though, just because of all the theming that went into, like the thought that went into the theming of having it be themed to a New Orleans mansion and mm-hmm. kind of like the backstory of it supposed to, supposed to be a retirement home for ghosts. And, you know, there's a lot of theories about what it's supposed to be. Now, the Disneyland version's architecture drew inspiration from the Shipley Lidecker in Baltimore, Maryland, and the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. The latter was the residence of gunmaker William Wirt Winchester. His widow, Sarah Winchester, claimed that all the ghosts of people killed with Winchesters resided in that home. So it already had the lore of ghosts mm-hmm. in it. I actually um, found out that the Winchester, that's all a myth. She actually didn't think that. 
So you, you think, so she a crazy lady who lied? She was apparently just a very eccentric woman who just wanted to build a kooky house. Was her name Marjorie Taylor Greene? <laughs> Honestly, though, it, like, I want to believe the story of the ghosts were haunting her and they were like, keep building, go west and keep building. But um, no, it's, it's a kooky house. I've never been to the Winchester house, but I've been near it. I've never been to San Jose. I'm sure it's a lovely, lovely little town. It, it, it exists. <laughs> it exists. Now, speaking of scary things, while developing the Pepper's ghost effects in the studios, due to the motion sensors that had to be kept on, the ghosts would appear at night and thusly scare the overnight cleaning crews, causing them to refuse to perform their duties at the studio. Um... Why didn't they warn them that, hey, just so you know, this room's being used for effects. Uh, if things turn on, just, just, they're not real ghosts. Okay, correction to that story. This is the actual story that I think you're referring to. Go so when it. they were workshopping at MAPO, which stands for Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. it's the big warehouse at Imagineering, because um, they, it's called Mary Poppins because they used the money from Mary Poppins to build the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> They're at Mapo, which is this giant warehouse building. This is where they were testing all the effects in pitch mm-hmm. black darkness because they had to see how the controlled light situations right. um, would work for like these certain effects. Rolly Crump and Neil Gracie were very, everybody who worked at Disney was very lighthearted and silly and like to play practical jokes on each other. So they were building these weird effects. This, they had like a fan ghost that was kind of like a, the waving guys mm-hmm. at like car dealerships they had one of those and they had all these crazy like pepper ghost effects where like so, like a ghost head would just like blast off and like their arms would rip off and um him and Yale were like what if we um tripped the entire room with a sensor a laser to activate mm-hmm. it all at night for the janitors and play a prank on them they got back the next morning, all the effects were on and there was <laughs> a broom in the middle of the room just dropped. They must've ran out and Walt told them, from now on, you're gonna have to clean your own room because they're never coming back in here. Yeah. Um, what would you do if you were the janitor and saw that all happening? I mean, if I was a janitor at Disney Imagineering and I knew what they were doing, I, I would be very entertained and I would be like, that was a good one. But I could understand people that may not have been super aware of what they were doing because Walt Disney Imagineering does, I don't know if at the time they maintained the same amount of security, um, but I definitely would have been, would have been pranked. I would have yeah. felt got. So within a week of the Haunted Mansion's opening at Disneyland, they celebrated what was the highest single day attendance. So this ride was the creme de la creme. It was the ride that got people excited as one of the first new attractions to um, really stand the test of time. Well, there's a big reason for that. The Haunted Mansion facade was standing there for, Mm -hmm. I want to say like a year, empty. Nothing was going on. And they had that iconic sign that was like, we're, we're searching from, for ghosts from all over the world to fill our retirement home, whatever. And they actually put out that sign. They made a remake of it and put it out when they were undergoing the renovations when I worked there. So that was cool to see that they kind of paid homage to the original. 
year that it just stood vacant, but people were really hyped up. They really wanted to go and ride it. And um, when it finally opened, people were like blown away by the effects, especially the ballroom. So, you know, people, people really wanted to experience it for themselves. And I could, I could honestly see for the time it was probably mind blowing. Yeah. Now, one of the iterations of the ride, um, Claude Coates came up with a concept to make the attraction a water ride where guests would be taken through a Louisiana swamp. How the hell was that going to work on multiple levels? I know it was supposed so, to be submerged, but how was that going to work? So that was during the concept of they wanted to make it about um, the sea captain and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a pretty flat ride, though. It was supposed yeah. to be like a mansion in flat, maybe like one or two drops, like Splash Mountain kind of thing. But I mean, it was the same technology as they use in Pirates. That right. was what it was supposed to be. I think it would have been weird. I like, even if it was themed to a sea captain, I would want to be taken through a mansion, not in the water. <laughs> right. I agree. Now, there are apparently 20 tombstones tributes existing inside and outside the exterior of the attraction. The epitaphs on the tombstones were written to honor several Disney legends and Walt Disney Imagineers who created and maintained the attraction. Uh, do you know all of them? Can you name them off the top of your head? So, Exitensio, obviously, he wrote mm-hmm. Yo-Ho and Grim Grinning Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Rolly Crump, Claude Coates. Yale Gracie, which is controversial because everybody thinks that Master Gracie refers to the owner of the mansion, but it's a lie. It was just a tribute to Yale Gracie. Um, who else? Ken Anderson. Um, Mark Davis. I'm trying to think. Harper Goff. There's a lot of them. There's a it lot. Takes a lo- There's it a lot. takes a village to make a mansion. It truly, truly did. And there were so many people working on it. Um, oh, who's the sculptor that's, I think it's Ken Anderson, the sculptor who did like crazy faces. Now there are 13 candles on the cake in the ballroom scene because 13 is a scary number. Um, 13 is a number that maybe we'll see on a different attraction one day if we discuss Tower of Terror, even though I hate that ride with a fiery passion. <laughs> I, I like have, sitting in my seat. I don't want to be flying up. I I I miss Tower of Terror at Disneyland, but I do like uh, Mission Breakout a lot. Yeah. Now, Miss Leota, the famous face. Oh, who could Leota forget Toombs. Leota Toombs? She was the former Walt Disney Imagineer and Disney legend. What would it be like to be like, ah, uh, um, yeah, you're the face of the ride. Congratulations. I think it's so hilarious how it all happened because they were playing around with these effects and they were like, listen, Leota has very interesting facial features. We should use her as the woman in the crystal ball. Cause it was very like in-house at the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was kind of crazy. Cause I mean, at the time, Mark Davis's wife, Alice also worked for Imagineering. And then Leota's daughter, Kim Irvine is mm-hmm. very high up in the company right now. Um, I just think it's very funny how many generations and how it was very family oriented, I would say. But Leota, they really, they were like, you have the look, but she has such like a soft, like gentle voice, which is actually the voice of little Leota. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's actually Leota Chum's voice. But they were like, we can't have her voice. We're going to have her face. So they had Eleanor Audley, who's mm-hmm, Maleficent, mm-hmm. and Lady Tremaine, of course, do the voice, which Scary a lot of ladies. people don't know. She, honestly, her voice is kind of terrifying and it's iconic. Well, since that was one of my um, uh, fun facts to share, we got that one. So let's talk about other voices. Now, Thurl Ravenscraft is the voice of Uncle Theodore, who leads the Phantom Five content um, of the Singing Headstones. He also can be heard at Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room as the voice of both Fritz and Tangora. Um, Enchanted Tiki Room is a wonderful nap. I love the Enchanted Tiki Room. I do too. <laughs> Late, now I'm going to be controversial right now. I'm going to be very, very controversial. We're we just we'll be discussing the overlay here, how it affects people, how people like it, whatever. I liked under new management. Maybe it's because I was a child and I just loved Iago and Zazu, but I thought that was fun. See, I've seen I've only seen video clips of it, but I don't. The know. story was terrible, but it was a cool like, concept and idea. I just feel like the Tiki Room is such a classic attraction. It's another reason of why people wouldn't want it to be touched. Mm-hmm. Kind that's, of fair, thing. that's fair. But I don't know. I, I If people want to do a seasonal overlay, I say let them do I it. agree. Let's do it. Okay. When I run Disney and become um, CEO, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Paul Fries, as we discussed, is the voice of the ghost host. And he also lent his voice to Pirates of the Caribbean as the auctioneer, as well as Ludwig von Drake. Yes. Honestly, um, such iconic voice actors throughout this entire attraction. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have more of Ludwig van Dijk? Honestly, that would be an interesting park presence. I, I think he has a walk-around character that sometimes appears. Yeah, because um, he, he was a presence in, in, in um, the movies for a while, and then even when um, we had DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, out of protest, don't watch the new DuckTales because I hate the animation style. Um <laughs> honestly yeah there's not a lot of ducktail presence in the park i feel like they, well they they tr- they've tried an epcot i want to say right well there, i mean when disney afternoon was the big hit uh my childhood literally um they had the parade and everything they they really mm-hmm. tried to hammer it home obviously um toontown was home to those characters for a bit um and then it's just like simmer down a little bit and no one cared but I'm still calling for a revival reboot of uh, Gummy Bears. Honestly, but didn't they get rid of Toontown at Disney World? They did. They did. It's gone. But Gadget's Go Coaster is still in Disneyland, so... It's true, and it's honestly the most amazing... It's the best ride in the park. And Chippendale was a success on Disney+, Plus, so... You could bring them back a little bit. Let's do it. I always tell everybody that the only characters I ever want to see more of are Chip and Dale. I think they need an attraction. I I think they've been robbed of an attraction. I, when they announced that they were going to add Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway to Toontown at Disneyland, I was not even excited, even though that that attraction looks amazing. And I want to go ride it. It's fun. It's cute. Whichever one I make it to first. I, I feel like it looks really cool, especially with the mapping technology. But mm-hmm. I would have loved a Chippendale attraction. All right, let's talk about another character. We'll discuss further about um, this character. But the Hatbox Ghost was featured in Haunted Mansion when the attraction first opened. He then 
just mysteriously vanished, only to reappear in 2015 for the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. Obviously, a lot of part of his disappearance was due to the technology and how mm-hmm. um, the effect didn't work with the proximity of where the dune buggy was to where yeah. the effects had to happen. Um, but he, he he's a legend. Yeah, so honestly, the legend of the Hatbox Ghost starts, I mean, let's go back to when they were testing the effects in Napo. They tested this effect and they were like, oh my God, it works perfectly. This is so cool. People are going to love this. And there's photos of Yale Gracie posing with a bunch of the tests of the Hatbox Ghost. Um, they put it in the ride. The Omnimovers are such a cool technology because they're able to be controlled and positioned so mm-hmm. that they can face any which way and you can't see what's behind you. Um, the issue was they didn't take into account that they were testing these effects in pitch black environments. Right. And it just didn't work in the lighting of the attic scene. And um, you would see the head in the hat box. So then flash forward, I, w- I rode the ride right before they added the hat box ghost and right after. Um, and I remember when they had, the, they had this little wall up with a window and everybody was like, oh my God, he's coming. That has to be the hat box ghost. And then thus he was revealed again and a lot of the legend was like, there was no such thing. There was no such thing. And I'm like, there was such thing. There's so much proof on the internet. Tony Baxter's pulled out receipts. Mm-hmm. If Tony mm-hmm. Baxter pulls out receipts, it's a done deal. Tony Baxter can do no wrong. And he sure. could never tell a lie. But um, I think it's so interesting how they evolved the technology to be a completely projection mapped um, animatronic that also the way that they're able to really conceal it is the um is the head gets pulled down into the mm-hmm. body by like a pulley or a piston which i think is so cool other characters we got to talk about a little bit the names the five singing phantom heads sitting on the bus in the graveyard are rolla rumpkin uncle theodore cousin alger non ned nub and phineas pock who was high when they named them this Listen, there's a lot of interesting names in this mansion. <laughs> there are a lot of interesting names in this mansion. Um, Phineas Pock is personally my favorite um, name of all of them. It's um, a name. Sounds like a dog name. It does. But, you know, they're singing bus. They don't need, like, real human names. That's true. So the pipe organ seen in the ballroom sequence was featured as Captain Nemo's pipe organ in the Disney classic film, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, again, it was part of the original concept for the, the, the sea captain version of the attraction that didn't make it to the final version. Now, let's talk about Tanya Norris using Raleigh Crump's chandelier sketch to design the iconic wallpaper. What do you own with the iconic wallpaper? I have a onesie. I had a do. phone case. I have, um, what else? I think I have a bag with it on it. Um, I think I have a pin or two with the wallpaper. And why has Obscura never done a look with it as a dress or a- I, I actually have DragCon 2018. It's true, <laughs> I, it's, it's true. I have a picture. Um, what, what is it about this, this 
design that is so beloved. I mean, it's beautifully haunting. It's, well, it's really cool because Rolly Crump was very inspired by Jean Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast film, which featured these anthropomorphic um, design elements. Uh, in, the, in the same hallway, there's sconces that are hands, and he took mm-hmm. that from the Jean Cocteau film. And then there were also faces in the walls, and he put that on chairs for the original Museum of the Weird sketches, and there's actually the chair before the never-ending hallway, the one that's like right in front of it, that has mm-hmm. um, a face hidden in it. And um, yeah, the wallpaper is just very captivating. I mean, I'm literally looking at damask wallpaper on a painting in front of me. And I just feel like it really sold the elegant kind of manor mansion vibe that, mm-hmm. you know, you'd expect from the exterior. But to sneak in these faces and the eyes, and they even took it a step further at the Florida mansion where they have the eyes kind of turn into the wallpaper, which I think is so cool. Um, But there's just something about that wallpaper that's such an iconic standout design. The color just- It's a beautiful purple. People are attracted to faces. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the human eye is just attracted to them. So the fact that in this beautiful damask design, there's all these hidden eyes and faces. It's just very, very interesting to look at. Now we're going to talk about a little bit of a, a lore, some a, a story about a bullet hole in the glass of the ballroom scene. Now, due to the location of the glass and its magnificent size, it is said that it would have been too risky and expensive to replace the entire piece. So it was covered with a spider web. Uh, what do you know about this story? So it is true. So the way that they installed the glass into the mansion for the Pepper's Ghost Effect. Spoiler, they aren't holograms. It's just a reflection <gasps> in glass. Um, so they had to airlift the, the giant sheet and drop it into the, basically, it's like, think of like a picture frame. It's basically this giant sheet of glass resting in a frame. And um, the only way that they would be able to remove said piece of glass is to lift it out of the frame by taking the roof off the building, um, which is not going to happen. Never. So it was an easier Hey, listen, fix. listen. If they weren't going to do that, there is no hope for fixing Disco Yeti. Disco Yeti is never getting fixed. <laughs> uh, Joe Rody, Joe Rody, literally, like, he would always be like, I'm telling you I'm going to fix it. And then he retired. So, <laughs> so... Fine. What's going to happen to Disco Yeti now? He was the only champion, so. Now, do we know if this, who this child was that put this bullet hole in there? What, like, is he, is his family broke and bankrupt because they destroyed the Haunted Mansion? Honestly, what's crazy is that I I don't think it was a child. I think it was fully an adult with a (gasps) big Stupid people. Ruining it for everybody. I mean, I, I feel like the spider is so unnoticeable. I feel like you have to squint to see it sometimes. All right. So there, here's another piece of lore that I found on one of the various uh, websites uh, talking about the um, facts and, and, and shit about the Haunted Mansion. They said, if you are lucky enough to work as a cast member at the Haunted Mansion in Disney World, you may be lucky enough to experience the stretching room in reverse and be invited to watch it as you lie on the floor. We'll discuss the technology 
and the history of the stretching room. Do you know if this is fact or fiction? So if you are, even at Disneyland, if you are in a wheelchair that you cannot get out of Mm -hmm. um, until you're at the loading platform, you're able to ride up the stretching room, like as an elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if they still do it because I think they added in a mobility ramp, but um, that was a thing for a while. I've seen many videos of it in reverse and it's kind of funny seeing everything just shrink and, and the, how loud the sound is of the stretching room. It's mm-hmm. really loud. Like you don't realize how loud the audio is to play over the sound that the elevator makes. But yeah. um, at Disney World, it's probably less impressive because you're not moving. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Natalie Otis. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What were we going to say? But um, listen, working at the Haunted Mansion is not as glamorous as a, as a lot of people make it out to be. It's dark um, in there. You get to be really surly and you don't have to have a smile on your face. That is a great bonus because if you're having a bad day, you don't have to pretend like you're having a good day, right. which um, is a thing at Disney. Um, but it just, I don't know. You don't get to do as many cool things. I, one of, the, one of the things that pisses me off most about the pandemic was because of Miss Rona, I did not get to walk the floors of the Haunted Mansion when the ride wasn't running. And I will, I will never forgive Miss Rona for that. Still a chance one day, maybe. There's definitely a chance in the future, but... Never say never. I would have loved to walk through the ballroom. Absolutely. Now, Madame Leota's crystal ball used to be placed on the table in the seance room. As technology has changed, it can now be seen as a... to seem to be floating with projections. One of the very various upgrades that the attraction has gotten over the years, as well as the um, hatbox ghost and, and other fun mm-hmm. nuances. Um... That's kind of what you were discussing earlier about how Disney is not a museum. It's going to change if technology changes. Yeah. You're going to be shut down and you're going to have something new um, where probably 12% of the population will actually notice it. I love that Leota floats around the room, though. Like, because yeah. like the center of the room is quite far from the dune buggy, so it is kind of harder to see when she's at the center. But when she's really flying around the room, it's really cool to see. Um the Paris one, she doesn't float around the room, but the table yeah. kind of like rotates. <laughs> it's so on top of the Disney World Haunted Mansion, there are giant chess pieces. The only piece missing is the night because as they say, it's always night inside the mansion. You see, I don't know a lot about the facade of uh, the World Mansion, but what I mm-hmm. do know is that um, people always assume that it's an exact clone of the Tokyo exterior, and there are Similar. slight there are slight differences. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can see behind me if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know there, that there's, there's chat like. I know that there are the chess pieces, but I didn't know that there was no night. Yeah. There is a pet cemetery outside of the mansion. Uh, one of the gravestones reads, Jay, Daddy, it's Toad. A nod to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. 
Uh, rest in peace in Disney World. Still very upset about that. One of my favorite rides. It still exists at Disneyland. It's probably not going anywhere. That's the one oh, ride. No, they it will, will not. Ne- they will mm-hmm. not touch it. They will not update it. It is still the same attraction as it was on opening Merrily, day. merrily, merrily. Forever. It's so fun. I, I love that attraction. I know some people who really hate Mr. Toad. Like, Why? hate it with a passion. They're just like, he's ugly. He's stupid. The ride's awful. They don't like being hot. <laughs> well, now, here, here's a fun fact about the Haunted Mansion. Uh, that kind of relates to Mr. Toad. Obviously, for many people n- know that Mr. Toad, um, it, when it was a Disney film, was associated with Sleepy Hollow. And there were going to be mm-hmm. elements to the Haunted Mansion that were um, alluding to Sleepy Hollow with mm-hmm. the Horseman and all that shit. Again, scary-ass fucking character for children. Um, yeah. I, I wish that there was, like, I don't... I feel like in the years... Um recently the headless horseman has had more of an appearance especially yeah, California yeah. adventure Who do you? um uh but yeah it would have been interesting to see the headless horseman in the context of the haunted mansion there are headless characters mm-hmm. and it would have worked very well within the confines of liberty square in disney world because um of sleepy hollow and the location and all of that jazz mm-hmm. um yeah not not so much down in norland square but for a liberty uh square it would have been it, yeah. it could have fit yeah but they gave you extra room so they did we got more room but let's discuss <laughs> the on-ride experience and i'm going to share what um disney describes as the journey are, are you ready to mm-hmm. hear their pitch yes as you enter the haunted mansion, you are taken into the portrait chamber featuring some of the ghosts in their corruptible mortal states. Suddenly, the chamber begins to stretch, and once you stop, you are led into a hallway filled with eerie lighting and transporting, transforming portraits. Shortly thereafter, as you enter your doom buggy, the ghost host greets you and prepares you to take you on your haunting journey. Your tour of the mansion offers a ghastly glimpse into the afterlife, including a seance conducted by Madame Leota, a ghostly party in the Grand Hall, complete with dancing, a birthday cake, followed by a trip up to the abode's attic where a far-from-blushing bride and the hatbox ghost reside, all before ending up in the graveyard where the ghosts of the haunted mansion have gathered for a swinging wake. Okay, basic. That's, that, 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 that covers most of the, the attraction. Yeah. I mean, it covers, like, the basics for, for older versions. Mm-hmm. Like all the similarities. What's your favorite room? My favorite room? I gotta love the attic. I love mm-hmm. the, the attic. attic. Okay. I, I like how the attic has been through so many changes. Controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. I prefer the beating heart bride to Constance. Oh, oh, oh. Well, we're gonna have to talk about Constance in a bit. <laughs> Um, now, the on-ride experience, I feel like, is as you said, it's very generic. It fits it fits all of them um, without getting to the specifics or the stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun ride. It's a simple ride. It's a very basic ride. And it, it what well, I don't do you know what the exact run times are for each one? I think the Disneyland one's about twelve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the Disney World one's just slightly longer. But it doesn't ever feel like it, which is wild. Yeah. That's it's a long attraction. You know, yeah. That's when you know it's a good good ride. 
So let's talk about the technology behind it and, and how the Haunted Mansion works. Again, if you don't want to know the magic, either skip ahead, go away, come back another day. We're, 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 we're diving into it. You ready? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the stretching room first. This is the iconic element of the Haunted Mansion's queue because you have to wonder, is it actually stretching? In the Disneyland attraction, you are on an elevator platform that takes you down to meet the rest of the queue. In Disney World, you ain't moving. It, the ceiling stretches while you are stationary, but it gives you the same effect. Um, which one is more exciting? Paris. <laughs> All right, fine. Why Paris? Okay. First off, start with Paris. They brought back the Vincent Price narration, which is so cool to have Vincent Price doing the narration. And before the foyer, before the stretching room, they do this thing where it tra- the wallpaper goes from old decrepit wallpaper to brand new bright mm-hmm, fresh mm-hmm. wallpaper, which is like the craziest thing ever. And then you go into the portrait room and it's all these photos. It used to be photos of like the bride. And as it stretched, she was like in all these dangerous situations. But now they made it so it's like her and the husbands and they disappear when the stretching room starts, which I think is crazy. And then the top of Um, their stretching room has a phantom hanging the man. Interesting. Now, uh, if you are a Disney fan, you you know the secrets, you know the the places where you need to stand or whatever. Um, I definitely am one of those bitches who's like, I'm going to move to the wall where the exit is because I need to get on the ride first. I don't need to stand on the hat all you <laughs> bitches. Um, yeah. Are you that kind of person? I, I tend to go towards the, um, towards the side where the door is going to open so that I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about. Yeah. I, um, I have to say, like, it's, it's a really fun thing when you are like, in the know. Um, but mm-hmm. there's something even more exciting when you don't know and you have no idea what's coming. Um, and then for, for me, like the, in recent memory, the first time I ever experienced a, a queue where I didn't know where to go um, was Cosmic Rewind. Oh my God, so fun. And oh my God, if you're not in the right place, you are going to fucking bottleneck your way in, onto that attraction, which, yeah. oh my God, they fucked that one up big time. But it's kind of the same thing now where like, I know... And when I go on Cosmic Rewind again, I know where to stand, where to go, and y'all are going to get out of my way. You're going to have to tell me for when I go. <laughs> I, I heard will, that pre-show is very know. cool. It's amazing! And again, the second time I wrote it, I was like, fuck watching the pre-show. I want to see the mechanics of it. It's so cool, so cool. And of course, mm-hmm. I saw the mechanics of it. And I was like, this is amazing. Disney Imagineering at its best. But we will discuss Cosmic Rewind on the podcast. Um, it, in a little bit. We need everyone to experience it before mm-hmm. I spoil everything for you. Yeah. Um, but the stretching room, very cool effect. Um, again, very spooky for children because some of those scenes are um, dark. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they're kind of funny, though, in a way. I don't know. The dynamite mm-hmm. one is very silly. Um. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like oh, the tightrope walker is such an iconic, iconic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. painting. Um, I think that one's, I, I would say the tightrope walker, popular opinion. <laughs> it's the best mm-hmm. of the portraits. But yeah, 
I, I just think that they're so, they're such cool portraits and I just love the idea of having them stretch and be, go from like innocent pictures to, you know, horrific ones. Now, and they, they really I took it like, to a new level in Paris. I would like you to project Obscura's death. What would your portrait be? My portrait would be, um, hmm. How is Obscura going to die? It's going to be me. It's going to be me like posing like very like fierce. And then it's going to stretch and it's going to be Allison crouching, stabbing me in the stomach. <laughs> that, that checks out. That, that Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss one of the most important creations, not only for this attraction, but for all of Disney um, that we no longer are going to be using because the technology has changed once again. But we'll, let's discuss the Omnimover. Um, the Omnimover system moves at a set pace and it allows Imagineers to manage the perspective of its riders as it can turn the vehicle to the desired show scene. Um, we will see this on various attractions throughout Disney World um, and Disneyland. Obviously, Spaceship Earth is one of the um, big names that includes the Omnimover. Um, why is the Omnimover such an important piece of technology when it comes to theme park attractions? Capacity. It is all about capacity. Keeps on moving. They knew that the Haunted Mansion would get clogged up because of the issue of having the stretching room to take people under the railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they knew that they would need a ride that had a really good capacity. They were able to move people through very fast and get people off very fast. Um, so they invented the Omnimover, which you never stops. Never, Theoretically. only... Theoretically, only will will stop. Um, So if you ever on on the ride and it it, it stalls for a second or slows down, whatever, it's usually to let handicap um, on or off. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you've been unavoidably detained by cranky spirits. There it is. Um, (laughs) If if, I would love to know for those Disney cast members who work on the attraction, who have to constantly be on those moving walkway belts, all day long how many steps they get on their apple watch oh they're always so so fierce and skinny from just Jesus like Christ. walking all day they're literally on a treadmill all day it must be an okay job to be like i don't need to exercise tonight i did it at disney honestly when i worked at disney i was in my best shape ever because besides walking all over the stores when i went to the parks that was like 12 miles every time it's true now, obviously, the Omnimover um, is able to be ever whatever kind of vehicle it wants to be. For this ride, it's the Doom Buggy. Um, are you okay with how the Doom Buggy looks? It's not very pretty. I think it's such an iconic symbol of the attraction. Mm-hmm. I love the kind of almost coffin-esque mm-hmm. black shell. Um I think it's so fun. I mean, even before you get to the Doom Buggy, you're like not even prepared for it. You're walking through the hallway. You're yeah. seeing all like these creepy photos um, that change in the lightning and the, the bus that follow you when you move past them. And now they added the one-eyed cat, which was an old concept art piece. And they brought back an older changing portrait. I think it's very fun the way that they've updated those things. But you walk around that corner and you just see like this, 
line of them descending a stairwell. And I just think it's mm-hmm. such like a cool thing to see and then to board one and have it take you away. Now, for the majority of the attraction, you are facing what is considered forward or you going to the side. But when you leave the attic to go down to the graveyard, that's when you descend backwards because you're um, dying in a sense. You're being um, pushed to your death. Yes. Do you think that was scary for kids? Because I was like, oh my God, backwards. First time ever on attraction backwards. Ah. I, I can only speak from personal experience, but I felt like, I don't know, the way that the Omnimovers really like whip you around and mm-hmm. like turn you in different directions. I feel like, um, well, I mean, you are backwards for um, for the never, or for the, um, for the uh, wallpaper part. Fair. But Fair. then, but you're not literally hugging the back of it until right. you're not like, falling, <laughs> out of that. falling back. Yeah. Um, um, but, but yeah, again, very, with, oh, go ahead. It is a very like fun experience to have in a, have this ride vehicle that's able to spin around in so many different directions and the yeah. way that they've taken this simple idea and taken it and changed it with technology, trackless technology, um, cosmic rewind technology. It's an omni mover <laughs> coaster. What the fuck? It was, it was so cool. I can't wait to talk about it. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really an important part of the history of theme park attractions. Um, and how, unfortunately, it, it's kind of going to be, um, as, as we see it, where it's the constant, never-ending version, that kind of um, attraction is most likely going to be retired for, the, for a while. Um, the last real new one that um, has used it was Voyage of, Little, uh, Voyage of Little Mermaid, not that one, just the Little Mermaid attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's literally, I, I love that they took what looks like a shell and made it a shell. I think that was clever. And again, it's it's smartly crafted because it is turned in in a way that you can't you can't look out to look behind you or where you're not supposed to mm-hmm. see. They are guiding your eyes and and they're telling you this. Unless is you're like unless you're like me, and I have a lot of videos of me from when I worked at Disney, saying hi to my friends by whipping my head out of the Omnimover, which is a dumb thing to do. I don't recommend it because you may set off a sensor that will stall the attraction. (laughs) I never did. I never did. But I've heard stories of people doing it. Bad, bad, bad. All right. I read, oh, this is something really interesting about whipping your head. Again, do not recommend and don't condone this behavior. But I heard that if you are at the Disneyland, it might also be at Disney World, and you turn around during the ballroom scene to look behind you, there's a spooky wheelchair that's just left there. Oh, don't do it. But if someone can I've never that because you've already done it, please I haven't. Know. I'm going next time I go to Disneyland, I'm going to confirm or deny. Okay, please everybody. let us know. I will need to know. All right, let's talk about it. Pepper's Ghost. Um, it is an illusion that causes objects in a person's line of sight to move in and out of existence. Through the use of reflection and light, the items in the room suddenly materialize as if it is coming from nowhere. This feature is also used throughout the attraction, including the end of the ride when their ghost appears in your doom buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, Pepper's Ghost is a old theater trick. Yeah. Um, 
and it's kind of cool that this trick from like the the late 1800s is is able to 60 years later be be important for the development of the technology of a theme park ride yeah no it was crazy when they like stumbled upon it because they were looking because the L. Gracie was really doing the research trying to figure out effects and when he found it it was like a eureka moment almost because mm-hmm. they're like this is how we're going to make ghosts appear and um, I've just always thought it was so cool the way that people always are like it's holograms it's so mind-numbingly simple mm-hmm. like you walk by a window and you can see a reflection in the window and it's just it's, it's that that's it, it, it's it's spooky i mean again when you're a child it, it feels real it, it looks like there are see-through people dancing in the ballroom yeah. but once you learn the technology behind it, it it's mm-hmm. so intricate but so simple my favorite thing so pep, so when they were making the attraction they didn't take into account that everything's reversed because it's a mirror reflection so mm-hmm. the women are leading the men in the ballrooms. And it was only yeah. until they built Paris that they were able to make the men lead the women into the dance. But um, Paris also has a Pepper's Ghost effect in the never-ending hallway of the bride mm-hmm. appearing holding the uh, mm-hmm. candelabra. Now, do you want to share um, the use of Pepper's Ghost on other attractions? It's in Pinocchio. Um, Mm -hmm. at Disneyland, the lovely blue fairy um, appears Mm -hmm. and disappears. It's on Winnie the Pooh, I think, too. There's a Winnie, there's a scene where like he like lifts out of his skin and it's like, it's like the dream like Mm -hmm. kind of, Mm -hmm. I don't don't know how to describe it. I think it's called a half a lumps and woozle scene, but it's like his weird nightmare. I'm trying to think where else there's Pepper's Ghost. Isn't it on um, Snow White? Is the, it? The, 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 I think, is it the, the witch Pepper's Ghost? The apple! Uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of Pepper's Ghosty, mm-hmm. that effect. Yeah, I would say it's a version of Pepper's Ghost because people used to grab the apple out of her hand. So they mm-hmm. were like, no more real apple, disappearing apple. Obviously, technology has changed and evolved. Do you think we're going to still see Pepper's Ghost? Oh, yeah. It's, um, they used it on, I'm pretty sure they used it on the new Shanghai um, Pirates. Because there's a scene where mm-hmm. Jack Skellington goes from skeleton to Jack. And um, I, think that was, I think that was using Pepper's Ghost, too. There's also a version of it at the Paris pirates that they have like barbosa in a in a um boat at the end and he turns into a full-fledged person at the end i remember seeing that and being like blown away now obviously at the time would you say the haunted mansion was the most the most technologically advanced attraction disney had yes because it was multifaceted it wasn't just audio animatronics it was pepper's Mm -hmm. ghost it was all these crazy effects. The candles even in the ballroom were a new feat of making candles look realistic and like they're actually fire. Um, and the never ending hallway and the projection technology that they developed for the attraction was something that had never really been done before. So it, it, it was 
crazy for the time when it first um, opened. And now they've just continued to add stuff to it to make it even more technologically advanced. Um, the Hatbox Ghost was such a feat of technology when they redid it. Let's go through the mythology of the Haunted Mansion when it comes to the characters that inhabit the mansion. Mm-hmm. This is a, an attraction that is not including well-known Disney IP. Um, a lot of these characters are um, either known because of the um, Imagineers or through the um, canon that the Disney fandom has crafted. Um, why are these characters so iconic to this attraction? Well, I think people love this attraction so much. They have such an adoration for every single part of it. So to be able to name that favorite part or name that character you like in the attraction is so Mm -hmm. important for something that isn't an IP or isn't a well-known movie character. Um, I think it's, it's kind of funny how people are like, my favorite Disney Parks character is the Hatbox Ghost which is just so random because, you know, he's, he's, he, he has never said a word. <laughs> he, he hasn't existed for most of the time that attraction was open. Um, uh, and it's just like, he's such like a random offbeat character, but because of the lore, the legend, everything, it, it's breathed new life into so many of these otherwise nameless animatronics. Do you know who my favorite Disney Park attraction character is? Who? I'm very curious. Big Mint. <laughs> wow, what an original answer. <laughs> I think, fuck you, Mickey, Figment should be the face of Walt Disney World. Well, isn't Figment the face of Epcot? I, I want all of Disney. All, of, Figment all of Disney World. Mm-hmm. Let's give him a fucking movie already. Honestly, the fact that, again, but it's like, I would say the Hatbox Ghost and Figment are like bi-coastal. Like they're like, they're like the icons of each coast. Like a beloved attraction character that they tried to remove that people rioted and got back. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. They both fit that description. All right. Well, let's discuss some of the characters, whether they are canon or non-canon. Um, this one I know you're, you're going to be a little testy about. Let's talk about Master Gracie, uh, who is possibly the owner of the mansion. No, no. His title is technically <laughs> semi-official canon, created by Disney guests. Um, the tombstone was one of the original ones in the family plot, and it was a tribute to the Imagineer Yale Gracie. So why are you so anti-Master Gracie um, as an actual character? Because it's very much a situation of Disney fans seeing something they just have no knowledge about and creating a story. Um, They see Master Gracie, they think, oh, he's the master of the mansion. No, they were just trying to make spooky names for the Imagineers. So he's not the master of the house? It's Yale Gracie. There's no owner of the Haunted Mansion. Nobody owns it. Except, apparently... There was a um, charity fundraiser thing where people bought the Haunted Mansion and became the quote-unquote owners of it. Like well, if, if I were to say if there's anybody who owns the Haunted Mansion, it would be the ghost host. Mm-hmm. Who is not okay, Master fair. Gracie. Who is not, who is correct, he is not. Um, people have tried to draw host. that. 
people well the ghost host people say there's only a few times that you're able to see him in the attraction correct, correct. And, and and that is true i will confirm the ghost host so, is the man hanging in the attic or in the stretching room right so and, you can see how he managed to end at the stretching room if you look up during the lightning flash um the portrait apparently hangs in the corridor of doors and you apparently can spot him as a shadow cast on the floor playing the piano i don't think he's the piano player okay okay i don't think he's the piano player because they they have the piano player at walt disney world only the piano player in the attic is more of like a person playing a wedding song um uh but the portrait in the corridor of doors, I personally, due to the costume consistency of the man hanging, the dialogue, it can be reasonably inferred and concluded that that is a portrait of the ghost host, aka right. the real owner of the haunted mansion. Okay. Um, Disney fans, if you disagree, don't at me at Obscura. The man with the hatchet is the ghost host. There I said it. There it is. <laughs> All right, let's talk about another controversial one for you. Constance Hatchaway. She is the Black Widow bride seen in the attic as you pass by portraits of her and her former husbands. In each portrait, she is seen with an additional strand of pearls. Her portrait can be seen in the stretching room, apparently sitting on top of her most recently deceased husband's tombstone. The character became part of the ride in 2006, and prior to that is your beloved beating heart bride. In the queue, near Master Gracie's grave, there is a wedding ring embedded in the pavement. Is it really a ring? Well, originally it was the metal from a pole in the ground, but later on a real ring was added to the queue um, to mm -hmm. go along with the lore that the fandom created. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's like a great example of um, Disney fans coming up with something that really enhances the theming and Imagineers kind of being like, that's a great idea that totally enhances the theming of the attraction. And that has happened with a few attractions, but- um, See, right there. This is, this is what I will say about, um, but Disney has been very mixed signally about the Master Gracie situation. They've said multiple times, there is no owner of the Haunted Mansion, but then they've also said the ghost host is the owner. And then they've also said, they've also acknowledged Master Gracie as a character, which I just think was a mistake. And it made people go off on tangents. But this is about Constance right now. <laughs> and yes. this is what I have to say about Constance. I miss the Beating Heart Bride. Every iteration I thought was spookier and more like, I don't know, there's just something so creepy about like this, this bride with a beating heart. And like there was a version that just had no face and just blinding eyes. And then there was the version that was more of like a corpsey look. And then there was the um the more modern version, which was like blue, bluey. And you all wonder why I was terrified to watch these videos as a child. <laughs> I love the version of the bride with the candle. I just think it's so pretty. It's such a pretty symbol. I think it looks so much cooler than Constance, which I think is kind of like, I hate to say it, but the projection mapping just doesn't look right to me. People say that the Disney World one looks better than the Disneyland one, but I've never seen it, so I wouldn't know. But well, have you done a uh, look inspired by the Beating Heart Bride yet? I've done a lot of dead bride looks, but I would you, love to do do it. 
Come on. Now I feel like I should. I know. I should pay it's homage Halloween. to like to like retired Disney attraction. Mm-hmm. I could do it. Let's but discuss. I, uh, okay, go ahead. I do miss the Beating Heart Bride a lot. I, I I just feel like they put so much time investing onto creating that character, and then to in the overlay basically scrap her in favor of like a more like in your face comical. I do. I did like very like. I don't know. It just seems very like it's a little too camp. And well, um, I mean, the question begs: like, if you were a, a eight-year-old kid on this ride, which one is going to be okay? That's not going to terrify you for the rest of your trip at Disney. I think the woman with the hatchet would terrify me more than the foreboding, silent, beating heart bride. It was a little spooky, but I also love um, the iteration of the attic that had that with the pop-up ghost that went i do and like i I just thought that was funny all right let's discuss madame leota um she's the head in this seance room um there is another some lore about her backstory it's a little vague but uh you can see clues to her in memento mori uh the shop attached to the ride it is said that she was a witch living in Salem, Massachusetts until the beginning of the Salem Witch Trials. She fled to the Hudson River Valley, New York, and opened a shop called Memento Mori Curious and Curiosities. Um, she went and met the wealthy Gracie family, grew close to them, and was allowed to be buried in the Gracie family plot. Again, if you're not Team Master Gracie, this probably is not the backstory for you. It's not the backstory, period. Madame Leota doesn't have a backstory. Madame Leota was a psychic. And she, when she died, she became a head in the crystal ball. And that's how she manifests in the mansion. And she's just there to, as a plot point, to, you know, materialize the dead for us all. So um, then the people who came up with that backstory, why they do it? Because, because, again, this is speaking to the Master Gracie mistake that I think the Disney World Imagineers made is they love to play into, I really don't like what they did with the Disney World Haunted Mansion for the fact mm-hmm. that they keep adding lore that does not match up with like other lore. And I think when you have bi-coastal characters, you mm-hmm. cannot create stories that make no sense for the other coast. Master Gracie never made sense for either, in my opinion. And the fact that they try to push Master Gracie in Disney World a lot and try to pass him off as the owner of the house, I think is odd because Imagineers fully tell you that the, he isn't the owner. And then on the end of Madame Leota, she has much more of a presence at the Disney World mansion with the with the gravestone right before you enter. But I just think giving her a weird backstory on the East Coast makes no sense considering that the mansion like, while it does exist in a different kind of way, mm-hmm. I just think that, like, if they're the same character, I think stick with the retirement home for ghosts and Madame Leota's just a dead psychic that is there to help with the, the you know, the materialization process. What if I make even more fake lore happen and I say the ghost host was having an affair with Madame Leota? <laughs> there Honestly, it is! Where's the sitcom? That's probably going to be the plot of the new Haunted Mansion movie. Who knows? Oh, no, no, no. This, the, if you've read the plot for that movie, it's it's dark. They're going dark with it. I'm excited. I'm excited. So it was supposed to be Guillermo del Toro, and then right. they kind Which of scrapped his idea. 
I'm just not a fan of Jared Leto as the Hatbox Ghost. I'm not a fan of Jared no, Leto no. appearing in movies, period, Billy. Well, that's a different <laughs> different conversation. I just want to know what deal he struck with the devil because he fucking looks fine. He's never aged. Yeah. I, he, he is I a ghost. Know. He could be. He, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. All right, let's talk about the ghosts. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Their unofficial names are Phineas the Traveler, Ezra the Skeleton, and Gus the Prisoner. Who's your favorite? My favorite is Ezra. Of course. I like Ezra. He's, um, he's though... the same mold as the original Hatbox ghost. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he has the most iconic look of them all. Phineas kind of like has like a very like... Like Gus is just like old little prisoner man mm-hmm. <laughs> Phineas just has that very like dopey look to him but I feel like Ezra is very distinguished with his hat like tipping now those, you know those are all the basic main characters I would say within the walls of the mansion um there's the, there's the gatekeeper of course there's the dog there, there, there are other people there have been other iterations where um they've actually had people in the attraction uh, including mm-hmm. like the um, the nights where they're like, okay, you can't touch the guests anymore. Don't do that. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, is there any characters uh, that you miss or characters that you um, wish didn't exist? I don't think there's, well, I mean, other than Constance, me wishing that it was still the original bride to just make it seem a little more grounded. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if I miss any characters. I do miss certain iterations of the older Phantom Manor that they kind of got rid of in the update. Uh, mm-hmm. I do, I don't know. I, I, I think it's clever how they've kept a lot of the characters. They really haven't done much as far as characters and other than adding. But um, yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't take into account the random history and the kind of nods to other characters within the graveyard scene and the raven which appears throughout the entire attraction which was which is a nod to um right which is a nod also to edgar Allan poe in baltimore so it all ties Mm -hmm. together and um if you've ever heard the original crow near or the raven narration it was it was awful um Mm -hmm. It was like so annoying. It was like a person doing like a fake raven, like crowy kind of like bird voice. It was it was truly grating, and I'm so glad they scrapped that. But um, I don't know. I've always I've always loved how much personality all the ghosts in the graveyard have, and then like I feel like a lot of people misinterpret the end character of little Leota, who's not actually, that was a mistake. They didn't want that to be her name. She's actually technically the ghost hostess. Um, she is, she is, she might even be the wife of the ghost host. We don't know. We just know that. See, cannot- Matt and Leota had an affair with the ghost host. Um, come on, let's go with my theory. We're <laughs> but, uh, the character often referred to as little Leota Canonically, is the is the ghost hostess right? We have gotten this far into this podcast and haven't discussed probably the one of the most iconic elements of this entire ride, which is the music. The theme song mm-hmm. is "Grim Grinning Ghosts," 
Um, it was composed by Buddy Baker with lyrics by X Intasio, who, as you mentioned, has written some other iconic songs. Um, we were supposed to do a podcast like last year about like theme park songs and do a showdown. Mm-hmm. It never got to happen because scheduling was hard. COVID was a thing, whatever. Maybe we'll we'll revisit it again. Um, but it was fairly certain, I would say, at least in the final eight, the elite eight, Grim Grinning, Grinning Ghost would have been there. I can't say on that because it depends know where you- things would have fallen. You were really pushing for, I forget which one that you wanted to win and you were convinced was going to win. It's a small world. Um, one little spark. <laughs> Clearly the Sherman brothers are on my team. I think that, uh, yeah, you were team Sherman brothers. I was team Existencio. I just think that one little spark was not, like it only exists in one park. And okay. it's not as widely known as Grim Grinning Ghost or Yo-Ho. Well, well, we'll get we'll go to that podcast eventually. We'll get there soon. Mm-hmm. But let's let let's focus in here though on Grim Grinning Ghosts. Um, there have been many interpretations of it. People have sung it many times. There are a lot of fucking acapella groups who have their own version of it, and they're all very mm-hmm. good. Um, there are different versions of the song that can be heard in nearly every area of the ride. Um, the title of the song is actually inspired from a Shakespearean poem called Venus and Adonis. What is it about Grim Grinning Ghosts that makes this ride literally come to life? Well, the fact that it is the same song playing throughout the entire attraction in different instrumentations and different compositions and in new no one, ways. No one gets mad about It's a Small World? <sighs> the thing is, It's a Small <laughs> World is, is what? Two, two lines, basically? Um, Grim Grinning Ghost has a lot of words to it. Um, I love the lyrics. I think they're so funny. Um, and they work great. And then like the more foreboding ending um, uh, version, like the part that they play at the end, how it kind of like mm-hmm. takes you out of the world of the haunted mansion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just love, my favorite version is the graveyard. The, mm-hmm. the quote unquote yeah, it's swinging... The- Right. It's it's booming. It's fun. And and we discussed earlier about what the mood of the attraction was going to be and who wanted what. This is how Extensio basically brought it all together. And and you have mm-hmm. this fun atmosphere of this really foreboding, spooky element with a really fun, catchy tune. And that's mm-hmm. Disney. Yeah. That's what Disney does. Honestly, but it's so fun. It makes you want to, it makes you almost want to like jump out of the dune buggy and dance to the swinging wake. Like it's just so fun. And the ballroom version is also crazy and wacky. Mm-hmm. And just the, you know, the part where you enter in and it's just that very like foreboding organ music with the lightning and the ambient sounds and the wolf. And I don't know. I just, I, I just think it's one of the greatest songs ever written, the way that it's able to totally immerse you in that environment. Now, we're going to go through the various iterations momentarily, but I feel like the song, again, is one of the things that carries them all together. Though when you get to the Phantom Manor, it kind of adjusts itself a little more, where you still you have the song, but it's not the same as the other three, really. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Um, 
Well, my favorite thing about Tokyo is Tokyo is like the mansion stuck in the past. It's been the least updated mm-hmm. because Disney yep. doesn't own Tokyo. Um, it's owned by, I think it's called like the Oriental Land Group. Yes. Um, uh, but there's just something about the song and the way that they were able to transpose it for Paris that I was really fascinated by. I love the Paris version. It's crazy it's like they took it and they put it on like maria callis level opera camp Mm -hmm. proportions it is so ridiculous the opera the like the way that that song builds phantom manor is like a more cinematic experience i would say than the haunted mansion it very it has a distinct storyline the storyline of the haunted mansion is you are in a mansion that is a retirement home for ghosts. You're going through and um, you're experiencing many different um, nods to death. And as you go through, the ghosts begin to materialize and then throw a party. Well, very this simple. Is a great segue. But this is a great segue to get into the various iterations. So let's stick with that storyline. Mm-hmm. Obviously is within the three haunted mansions in Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Tokyo, Disneyland. We've discussed a lot of the Disneyland version. Again, opening on um, in August of 1969, it is one of the two to feature the Nightmare Before Christmas holiday overlays. The Magic Kingdom version uh, opened um, on the official park opening on October 1st, 1971. And this one resides in Liberty Square and features a different exterior than the Disneyland version. Um, and again, much larger. The Tokyo Disneyland Haunted Mansion was the first one to open up in Asia in 1983. It is very similar to the Disney World one. However, it does get to get the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. Um, and this one is located in Fantasyland. Obviously space and um, is, I guess, the reason why they put it there, but um, not the first place I would put it this attraction. Yeah, I think it's funny. <laughs> I, I really love Tokyo because Tokyo is very much a Disney really had the upper hand in this deal, especially the Imagineers, because they're like, do whatever you want and we will pay for it. Because we want that's a Disney why Disney Park. Sea is one of the best parks in the world. Literally. Yeah, that's exactly the reason. But I I I love how distinct each mansion is. The fact that if you go to either three, you're getting a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the overlays are fun. Now, Disneyland Paris Phantom Manor opened on April 12th of 1992. The attraction is unique and separates itself from the original as the exterior is run down and creepy to match the interior. This is how Disneyland Paris describes this attraction. Tucked away in a corner of frontier land stands Phantom Manor, once home to one of Thunder Mesa's founding families. Local residents steer clear of the dilapidated house claiming it to be haunted, but any intrepid Disneyland park visitor who dares to enter will soon discover its terrible secrets. Obviously, the storyline is a lot different here, and this attraction ties into Big Thunder Mountain. Yes. Interesting. I love what they did with Phantom Manor. I know a lot of people are like, why couldn't they just build another haunted mansion? They took an opportunity and they ran with it. They thought this Parisian audience, these European people are not going to want to see 
graveyards like Père Lachaise, which which is basically what is so cool about the graveyard in the Haunted Mansion is because it's like this crazy Gothic graveyard and we're not used to seeing that. We're used to seeing very simple, mm-hmm. sprawling, you know, like headstony kind of right. plot-based graveyards. To see these crazy mausoleums and stuff is very cool to us. To them, not so much. This is something that they're used to. So in order to totally revitalize the attraction, they gave it, they were like, well, we want to make it more cinematic. We want to do something completely new and breathe new life into an attraction. And what if it was made now? What would it be like? And I think they did the most amazing job with that storyline. The storyline is so crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I love the idea of having this phantom. Obviously, the they had to build it off of the fact that they had to name it a name that everybody would be able to understand. The word phantom is pretty much in every language. And right. so is the word manner. Um, so it was very, very straightforward. And then to build a whole story around that, uh, it's just to use this the Ravenswood family and Melanie Ravenswood now, and her Harold marriage. One thing that we discussed is the, the canon of characters within the Haunted Mansion and everything. One thing that is becoming very prevalent within the Disney fandom is the Society of Explorers and Venturers. Um, and the tie-in now with Thunder Mesa and Big Thunder Mountain and now Phantom Manor. What are your, what's your thought on that? I, oh, I, am, I am the biggest fan of, the, of C. I love this new storyline for the parks. And I love that they are slowly adding it more and more into every single park. They added it to Disneyland more. They're adding it to Disney World more. It's like the fucking MCU. Basically, it's the MCU of Disney parks and they're tying every single Disney park together, which I think is so cool. Let's move on to Hong Kong Disneyland because we haven't discussed this because I personally don't lump it in with, with Haunted Mansion because sure, it's a building, but because of the 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 culture it's a different beast yeah this attraction opened in 2013 and features a completely different storyline um this manor is not haunted by any um spooky spirits um it just has a mystery of fun um this is also due to the chinese culture not necessarily believing in ghosts and spirits of this type and it would have actually been offensive to the people mm-hmm. of China to include the Haunted Mansion. So Disney had to pivot because if you're going to make a Disneyland, you got to have something that's going to resemble what you already have. And this is what they came up with. I think Phantom Manor is so cool. And I do bump it in. It is world different. Or Mystic Manor, sorry. Mystic Manor is so wildly different, but in a way that I think is so cool. Because they're like, we did Phantom Manor, which was a complete reimagining of the same exact attraction. Now we're going to take that one step further and completely reimagine the attraction and give it the same vibe and give it the same feeling and, and sense of wonder as the old attraction, but for a completely different culture. And Let's discuss... I think, yeah, go ahead. I think they did such a great job with it. They're they really didn't feel the need to even dip their toes into recreating a new attraction. I, I suspect that Shanghai, if it's going to get a mansion, it's going to get a, well, 
because they can't get a haunted mansion because it's right. China. It would have to be. It would have conversion. to be a. I think it would be a clone of Mystic Manor. Yeah. So let's discuss the storyline behind this one. Uh, as as Hong Kong Disneyland describes, you're invited to tour the Manor House and private museum of Lord Henry Mystic, eccentric adventurer, explorer, and collector of art, and his faithful friend Albert. Regarded as one of the foremost museums in the world, Mystic Manor was built to house Lord Henry's ever-growing collection of illustrious art and artifacts, including a newly acquired relic, a beautifully carved Balinese music box said to make inanimate objects spring to life with its enchanting music dust. I've watched this ride through so many times. It's so beautiful. It's so it's fun. And if you don't walk away with like a little stuffed Albert going to Hong Kong Disneyland, did you even go? Yeah, I want to go purely to ride Mystic Manor because it looks so cool. And it just, I don't know, something about the storyline really speaks to me. I mean, I love to collect things wherever I go. so. Mm-hmm. I just love that they kind of played on this idea of like a collector and his inanimate objects coming to life in a way that was very respectful to the culture and still brought that same sense of like crazy effects. And they really went all yeah. out with these effects. That finale room is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The, t- the technology within this attraction is wunderbar. It's so good. Yeah, um, yeah it's And again, really- if, if you are trying to find something that is kind of spooky light this is it you're going to have the kids a little scared but they're going to enjoy it because they have this little monkey who's so cute and relatable yeah the monkey is adorable and i love i just love the nods to the original mansion that they have in it um Mm -hmm. which is another reason why why i definitely group it in in my mind because of the numerous nods and nods to the imagineers who built the original haunted mansion um it's just it looks so fun i'm like counting down the days till i can go um i've only been to paris as an international park and phantom manor was undergoing the controversial over or complete renovation and changing of the story um when i went so i didn't get to go on it there's still time the world's not ending quite yet you know talk about the legacy of the Haunted Mansion. Um, Here's some things that have sprouted out thanks to the Haunted Mansion. Uh, Obviously, I'm not including everything because there's a lot of things, but first off, a film of the same name debuted in 2003 starring Eddie Murphy as a realtor who, along with his family, get trapped in a Haunted Mansion. It received a whopping 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. I've never seen this film because I remember when it came out, I was like, this is dumb. I've seen it a lot of times. I've seen it quite a few times because I saw it when it came out and I was like, that was bad. And then I watched it um, a little more recently because I was like, I want to see how bad it was. The answer was really bad. (laughs) Now, we honestly have to thank this film for Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like this film they were like, no, don't do this again. And they and the Pirates of the Caribbean became such a hit because it took the lore and the, the mythology of the attraction and said, no, this is going to be a real movie. And that's why I think yeah. that one worked. Well, 20 years thing, later, oh, go ahead. The thing about Pirates is it's, su- it's become such an iconic cultural, um, like, 
it, it just becomes such like a popular movie and such like a cultural icon that people think that the ride is based on the movie when it's right. completely right. opposite. Um, that being said, they is, did incorporate um, the character into mm -hmm. the ride. Of course, later, yes. But I think that, um, I do think that they are aiming to have that same effect yes. um, with the Haunted Mansion movie that they're doing now. So 20 years later, there is going to be a reboot of the film uh, set to be directed by Justin Simeon with a cast filled with the likes of Rosario Dawson, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, Jared Leto, Danny DeVito, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Too many stars for a silly film. I'm excited. I'm excited that they really went with the star-studded cast because I know that that means they really want to make it work. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Madame Leota. This is this which is, I think this is, is it. This is like they got a horror icon to play Madame Leota. I think that that is going to play out very well for them. I, even though it is not the Guillermo del Toro film that I wanted, mm -hmm. I think it is going to be a really good movie. I'm excited for it. In 2005, a bi-monthly Haunted Mansion comic book anthology was published by Slave Labor Graphics, which centered around Master Gracie and inspired by the concepts proposed by Ann Anderson in the 1950s. Again, this is where the Master Gracie of it all came, and I'm sure you never looked at those comics because you're mad at them. I, the only comics that I liked relating to the Haunted Mansion was when they um, did a Museum of the Weird mm -hmm. comic book to pay homage to Rolly Crump. I thought that the was attraction, really well yeah. done. The attraction appears in video games, including Epic Mickey and Connect Disneyland Adventure. The character of Madame Leota appears in a season seven episode of Once Upon a Time. Uh, remember that show? It was, it was really good. And then they're like, let's add more Disney characters and it just jumped the shark. Yeah. I remember when uh, like, Anna and Elsa added, killed that show. I, I was I was just about to say Anna and Elsa when they added them into the mix. I think I think everybody just went tap tap tap. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now Funko Games partnered with Disney to release the family strategy board game called Disney: The Haunted Mansion, Call of the Spirits. Do you own it? Um, I don't. I never played it. And finally, well, not finally. Um, in two thousand. 21. A Muppet special called Muppets Haunted Mansion debuted on Disney+. Plus. Um, I haven't watched it. I didn't get a chance to watch it last year, and I was like, I, I'm only watching it during Halloween, so I'm going to save it for this Halloween. I know you've watched it. <laughs> you didn't watch it. I haven't watched it, and I'll tell you wow. why. I don't know a single person who has. It came out, and I was waiting for people to like tell me it was really good, or it wasn't really good. And nobody, I didn't hear anything from anybody. Well, you're going to be busy this Halloween because Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out instead. So, <laughs> I, I, This Halloween is going to be the best Halloween ever, honestly. Because I'm going to watch that. Hocus Pocus 2, there's just so much to work with. And last but not least in the legacy department, we have the parks bringing the Haunted Mansion characters to life in various parades. Um... I just love watching the bride just roll around. And there are days that I'm like, I just want that scooter to break. And just, she's stuck. 
honestly, I really like what they've done with incorporating the Haunted Mansion into the shows and into mm-hmm. everything. Um, there, when I was at the parks, they were running a very controversial fireworks show called Mickey's Mix Magic, which was mm-hmm. a EDM dance party fireworks show. It was not the Disneyland Forever that I wanted. Um, and they had a haunted mansion part that was really fun, I will admit. Um, but I, I do love, I wish that there were more walk around characters from the mansion. The, really, the only frequent ones we get are the very rare constants. And then during the holiday overlay, they'll have Jack and Sally. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was more of a presence in other parts of the parks. So I got some questions and comments from some of the listeners. Um, maybe you know the answers, maybe you don't, but let, let's discuss some of it. Um, from Dylan Meehan, has anyone ever been mysteriously injured in the mansion? Yes. Talk People about have that. been injured. Cast members have been injured. Um, the reason why they took the night out of the attraction is not because somebody got a heart attack because he got scared so bad. It's because somebody got scared so bad, they decided to punch the cast member right in the face. And they were like, this isn't safe anymore. We can't have children getting punched in the face who work for the parks. Um, so that, that, that is one injury. There is somebody who, there is a, so in the seance room, a lot of people don't know this, there's no floor um, between like the platform that Leota's table's on um, and like the chair in the back, there's no floor. And somebody had snuck off the mansion and jumped to go get the Leota head and they fell and broke a bone or possibly their neck and died. I forget the actual logistics of the story, but um, it is uh, it is the reason why there's a net around that area now. Now, I know there was... There was also um, a story of molding falling down at some point and hitting someone in a doom buggy. Um, I read that there were a couple older people who hurt themselves removing themselves out of a doom buggy, but that yeah. that I that that's going to be a thing on those moving walkways no matter what. Um, next comment is from Chris Hansel. He says, "I've been on the haunted mansion ride three times, and all three times." It broke down while riding. It didn't That's break spooky. down. It didn't break down. Everybody's always like, every time I go on it, it breaks down. It's because the ride is in constant motion. And to, like we said, to stop it for a wheelchair accessible guest or somebody that needs help getting on, they have to make it break down. Now, now with all of that like does an official breakdown of a ride mean you have to be escorted off the ride through like the behind the scenes if a ride breaks down you know it breaks down because work lights go on there is an announcement from an actual human being not a ghost host that goes we're gonna need you all to maintain like maintain your spot and not move around and we will be there to escort you off the attraction have you ever been on an attraction that like shut down or stopped think? for a long period of time. Let me think. I don't think I've ever really experienced a true breakdown. Um, 
I didn't have to be removed from the ride, but I, the last day I was at um, Hollywood Studios this year, we got stuck before the second launch of Slinky Dog Dash. And I was like, fuck this. And it was fucking (laughs) hot. And I'm like, I'm sweating. I think it was a good 10 minutes we were sitting there. Um, And they're like, what? And thank God with that ride, like that before that moment, you do like slow down to get into that launch. So you didn't, we didn't miss anything, but it didn't feel right. You want to have a full coaster experience. Yeah. That was the that, only that, time. Cause I've always said, I want to be on it once in my life to, or on any attraction to be um, evacuated. Never wish that never, ever wish it. I think once I forget what attraction it was, it stopped moving right before the loading platform. So I just had to walk like a foot basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that I forgot what it was, but it, I'm like remembering that vaguely in my mind. Last comment question um, from Anonymous. Has anyone had sex in the Doom Buggies? Yes. And have the cast members seen it? Also, yes. It's probably the best attraction to do it on if you were going to do it. I'm not condoning it. But you do have a little privacy. it's, It's the worst attraction to do it on because the entire thing is closed circuit cameras that are night vision and the cast members in the tower can see just about everything you do. So if you are making out, they usually will call it out on the um, overhead um, sound system. If you're like really getting too handsy, they will, they will say something. So, so no blowies in the doom buggies. No, I wouldn't even try to do it. <laughs> Unless you want to be watched. Cause they will see. Hey, hey, there are people who love that. Listen, if there's any attraction that I would do it on, it's um, a ride that they can't stop. And that the only one that's coming to mind is Tower of Terror or Mission Breakout. And have fun doing it on that. <laughs> that mm. um, well, since we're, we're discussing the, the sexy things, uh, if, you're, if there are kids listening, maybe just go away for a second. Um, where in Disney can you get condoms? You can't. You can't even get chewing gum. So what if you are having a, a, a fantasy vacation honeymoon? You just, no condoms? Bring them? I don't know. <laughs> there was have just one thing I noticed. Sex... Is like... That's fair. Well, That's fair. Disney, Disney doesn't want you to have, Disney wants you to have a family. <laughs> yeah, Disney wants you to have a family. So make a family at Disney. Then you'll come back exactly. and say, kids, I made you right here. Literally. That, that could be a motive. Is there anything we have not touched that you want to make sure everyone hears about the Haunted Mansion? Because we talked about it a lot. We went really in-depth. Honestly, I'm just, like surprised. We pretty much got like a pretty good like scope of like the entire process. Um, let me think. I don't know. I feel like if there's anything that I have to say about the Haunted Mansion is if you have never been to a Disney park, do not think that you are not going to be able to ride it because a lot of people are like, I really, I've heard them. They're like, it's my first time at Disneyland. I really hope I get to ride the Haunted Mansion. Contrary to popular belief, the lines are not that long. And for the Haunted Mansion, they move fast. <laughs> so literally, if it says 15 minutes, I believe, on uh, Disney World, that literally means you're walking through the queue to get to 
the stretching room. Yeah. That's just how long the walk is. Yeah. 15 minutes is actually like usually the lowest time that they can put up. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you got to plug, Obscura? Um, you can find me on social media at Official Obscura on uh, Instagram and I think Twitter. That's my handle too now. Um, you can find me in the city at my show at $3 Bill on the 24th, if this is out by then. But if it's not out by then, I have a monthly show there. So you can catch me at any of them um, called Visions Reloaded. This month, we are doing all things alt pop. So think Alana, Marina, Billy, you know, the likes of which a lot of gays like. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, we're calling it Control-Alt-Delete. And it's going to be very fun. We have Bijou Bentley from Sacramento and um, Dawn and uh, Alice Noir and Calliope from Philly. And uh, we're very excited. And of course, I'm co-hosting with Allison, the bane of my existence. Sounds like fun. Well, thank you for being here. And as long as you don't join the 999 ghosts, hurry back. Oh, I I sure will. (laughs) The biggest thanks to Obscura for coming on. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 